Welcome to the Artificial Intelligence Podcast with your host, Dr. Tony Huang. I talk anything and everything that has to do with AI, ML, and data science. Bosses and managers love to hear the word free. Everyone wants to get something for nothing. The good news is that there's actually a large collection of free data available for the taking. So some of it might even be useful for your project or even your career. So what's the catch? Sometimes there's no catch at all. Many of the sources that I'm going to be talking about today comes from government agencies. So once um, they're done collecting, collecting the data, it's often, you know, costs them very little to share it openly with everyone. So technically it's not free because you're paying for it. But the good news is that your project budget won't feel a pinch. So other data collections are, you know, a subtle form of advertising. So all of the major cloud companies host various collections of open data, data sets. Um, you won't need to use your own, you know, cloud server, but the performance will be uh, much better when the bits are stored in the same data center. The cloud companies, um, you know, could be purchasing 30 second spots on the Super Bowl, but uh, this form of advertising is a better strategy for everyone. Um, the one danger with working with cost free data is that the boss will assume that it's also trouble free. So um, many times the data will require a bit more work on your part. So you know, like the government agencies that collect it like to use it in their own particular format. You know, sometimes the data needs to be re-aggregated for your needs. Um, there's a good chance you're going to need to write a bit of code in order for it to work. So some of the data project functions like um, open source software and, uh, you know, and, and, and work best when or they work best when everyone contributes their own small little part. So, for instance, uh, you know, there's a personal weather station network that uh, collects data from, you know, close to a million um, different citizen scientists. And uh, so participation is essential, but you'll, you're going to be able to leverage the work of everyone else at the same time, right? So if your work is going to help build these projects, be prepared be prepared to like pull your own weight with uh, project management. So the, the good news is that the barriers to entry are, are really slow or very small. So you don't need to ask permission and you don't really need to, you know, beg forgiveness. So um, let's go over a couple of sources in which you can get free or close to free uh, data sets. The first one is data.gov. So the general uh, service um, agency, otherwise known as GSA, maintains data.gov, which is a big list of data sets that, that the U.S. government shares openly. So as of this podcast, there's about uh, 210,756 entries, many from the agencies that specialize in uh, support of like commerce. So like maritime, agriculture, energy. Um, and, you know, there's no secret from, you know, there, there are no secrets from, you know, classified agencies such as like Area 51, for instance. You can't really get data from there. Uh, the next source is Kaggle. 
So some of the data sources are not uh, much more than just the file repository. Um, so Kaggle is more of a cult. <laughs> they, they started with more than 50,000 different data sets and then added the basic tools like you know Jupyter Notebook for you know making sense of them. Um, there are already 400,000 different public notebooks um, that other data scientists have shared that analyze the, the data underneath, right? So on top of that, Kaggle has added some online courses on using everything and you know, mix it in some competition with real cash prizes. So for instance, um, they had, uh, there was a Cornell lab that offered $25,000 to best classify, uh, uh, to build like the best classifier for bird songs, for instance, or what they call bird vo vocalization. Uh, another one's called like the Open Vaccine Initiative, which awarded $25,000 for the best model for predicting RNA degradation that will affect the COVID-19 virus. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of serious work that can be found, you know, along among the CSVs and JSON files. But, but um, you know, if you grow tired, you can also have some fun. Um, one one data collection, for instance, uh, on Kaggle um, is filled with line scrapes from the Star Trek episodes from uh, six different major series. So that's pretty cool and pretty nerdy. Um, the next source is 538. Um, so the 538 website is devoted to reporting stories with the support of a rich collection of data. So, you know, when they can, they also share these data sets uh, with you so that you can do your own research. There's a um, past you know, records of their predictions for like major sports leagues, explorations about social attitudes like uh, you know, s surveys of men asking what it means to be a man, and then of course like endless polls about upcoming political votes. The next source of data that you can get kind of relatively free is uh, UNICEF. So uh, the United Nations agency responsible for helping raise like healthy kids around the world um, they, they share a, a wide variety of data sets that are useful to anyone with the same goals. So the big picture can be found in these data sets, like, uh, for instance, like the State of the World's Children uh, 2019 statistical tables, for instance, for those who want to track the, the changes numerically. A more focused visualization can be found in tables that explore how salt affects diseases, or the success of primary education. Uh, the next source of data that you can get are financial data. So Ohio State's library keeps a website current with pointers to some of the biggest collections of economic and financial data. Um, there are historical records of uh, you know U.S. data sets and also some data collected by the World Bank. So some uh, some of these data sets require an, an academic account and uh, some are free to the public. The next type of data is baseball. So America's sports are blessed by fans who are you know, smart enough with computers to develop extensive collections of data about the players and then you know, the results of their game. Um, so there's, there's a data set called uh, Sean Lahman's uh, data set, for instance, which contains complete batting and pitching statistics from 1871 through 2019. And there are also tables of other details like uh, fielding statistics, uh, managerial changes, and the World Series of results that may not be complete. 
Project Retrosheet was started to assemble play-by-play summaries of all major league games whenever possible. And it's now complete through 1974. So if you happen to have access to a scorecard from an earlier game, you know, you might want to check the most wanted list to see if you can fill in a hole. Um, also, Chadwick Baseball Bureau maintains a, uh, a GitHub repo for the data, if you prefer. So the Society of American Baseball Research maintains a list of other sources, including like offerings from commercial entities like Fangraphs, uh, Baseball Reference, and Major League Baseball itself. Another data set you want to look at is through Google. So if you're just looking for a particular data set, Google's database search lets you search the entire web for data sets using keywords. Um, the result can be filtered by like license, data format, and the time since the last update. Some of the most intriguing data sets are also included in Google's public data directory which uh, not only lists the source, but offers some interactive dashboards. The World Bank, for instance, uh, charts uh, fertility versus life expectancy, and then you can track how this changes over years with a slider, which is pretty cool. The next type of uh, source that you can get for your data is Amazon Web Services. So AWS users who want data stored in S3 buckets can turn to the repository of open data on AWS or RODA. So that's R-O-D-A. There's um, a wide variety of of thousands of data sets, but the highlight tends to be um, uh, the data sets from sources with which AWS is openly collaborating with, like the um, the Space Telescope Institute, uh, which stars. Or uh, NOAA, which is N-O-A-A, that's the weather uh, radar imagery. And also like Common Crawl, which has uh, more than 25 billion web pages. So there are several good examples that you, that will help you get started analyzing the data, um, such as like Amazon's uh, services like Lambda or Comprehend. The next type of uh, data source you want to look at is Microsoft. So Microsoft has a number of Datasets on Azure. City planners can look for insights in the records from the New York uh, City Taxi Board, for instance, which tracks all fares. Um, economic, uh, economists and traders can uh, look at uh, price records for commodities for insights on inflation and economic changes. And uh, all are readily uh, available to be analyzed by Microsoft's own machine learning tools. The next type of data set uh, that you probably want to look at is through Facebook. So some of what we store on Facebook is private because we, we make it so. And then some are shared with friends. So some contents, uh, in fact, are just completely open. Um, so Facebook supports research on the so-called Facebook graph uh, with their graph API. Now, it's not the same as downloading the entire data set, but it's very useful for some queries. So just remember that not everyone uses the same privacy setting, so you might not see every person or every post. The next type of uh, data set you want to look at is Yelp. So the uh, the website known for reviews of website you know, of like restaurants, bars, and other public uh, accommodations shares a, a great deal of information in a public data set that you can study. There is more than 8 million reviews of, you know, more than 
200,000 establishments just waiting for you and your AI to parse through. Um, they have a good source of training data for natural language processing and also machine learning. The next type of data set you want to look at is Open Data Kit. So um, the bits distributed by the Open Data Kit community and its JavaScript-based cousin ODKX aren't really data per se. They're software designed to support scientists and researchers who are creating the data sets. So the code lets you create a user interface that simplifies data collection by the frontline researchers and then begins the classification and the cleaning workflow. The tools that are used um, are, you know, done by diverse groups of organizations, which supports like field research, including the uh, like the World Mosquito Project and the Red uh, the Red Cross. The last uh, type of free data that you can get is through web scraping. So not all data resides in these really easy, accessible databases with APIs. An enormous volume of information is embedded in websites, and the data needs to be pried out of them with some very clever tools. So this is so-called web scraping, which is a pretty good method, but uh, it can have some legal limitations. So some sites ban it from uh, from you, from you doing it in their terms of service, and others watch for too many requests from one user, and then you know cuts off the user or slows down the response. So tools like uh, Puppeteer. Uh, make it easier to spin up uh, one headless version of a uh, website browser and then download a web page, you know, and then extract the right data and then do it again and again. Um, there are now headless versions for most major browsers, thanks to the software testing community that needs to automate the testing process. Web scraping may not always be appropriate, but when it is, it can be the fastest way to get the data that you need. Nothing is more open than the open web. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can contact me at tonyphoang.com for more information on AI, ML, and data science.